It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The fun forever It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, June 29th, and you're listening to episode 422. Once again, I'm your host, Jason. Today, joined by special guest, Kimberly Rivia. Hey, Kimberly. Hello, Jason. How are you tonight? Good, good. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. I just sorry. I'm I like as you can see here on the camera. I'm like adjusting my microphone. I I got a new office chair, which is incredibly <laughs> comfortable. But I just realized this is the first time I've recorded since getting the new chair, and the height is different than my previous chair. Uh, and I've been using the same mic for a very long time. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I'm like, why does this feel weird? Um, <laughs> But hey, so thank you for coming on. And uh, so Kimberly uh, is uh, has done a lot of different things. Um, specifically, she is uh, she runs and co-owns, I believe, uh, Granite Game yeah. Summit and Stumptown Game Summit, uh, which yes. I was noticing are on opposite ends of the country, which you said comes from the fact that you've lived on both sides of the country. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and then uh, also Reunity Games. And uh, so, yeah, I wanted to have you on so we could chat a little bit about uh, what you're doing and how those things might be a little different now, and we'll get to that later. Um, but start out with uh, what you uh, what have you been playing lately? Anything anything fun while you've been uh, quarantined? No doubt. <laughs> we just recently actually started playing games again. My kids had been on a anti game kick for a little bit here, uh, but we just got Irish Gage to the table. That is my 15 year old's favorite game, and it was our first time teaching the little one. And she actually won the eleven-year-old. Uh, nice, <laughs> yeah. Baby's first time, and she did. But a lot of more medium-ish stuff with my kids, like Zool, Irish Gage, that kind of thing, and right, then right. So, some busts and a little bit heavier stuff with my significant other on weekends. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, we we have the same thing. Where with we've got two smaller kids though, and they. Uh, they want to play games sometimes. They a lot of times want to play the same games over and over. I was excited because yeah. we got them Settlers of Catan Jr. recently, um, mm. which, funny enough, is not really that much lighter weight than Settlers. It's not like Settlers is really yeah. heavy weight or anything. <laughs> but, uh, no. but I realized as I'm reading the rules, I'm like, this is the same thing. It's just nicer. Basically, you just can't yeah. hose anyone in, in the Junior version. Um if you steal with the ghost pirate, which is the replaces the Baron, you actually just steal from the island, not from instead another of player. player. Right. Yeah. And, and you can't trade with players. You instead trade with this like marketplace. And uh, yeah. But uh, in that case, my daughter uh, almost no, and my daughter didn't win. She almost won. And then my wife won. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was a good time. But the kids were like, this game is so long. Like, it's 30 minutes, guys. It's 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> That's valid. Kids don't usually have quite the attention span. It's true. It's true. Yeah. How old are they? I don't um, remember. Yeah, they are eight and six. So. Oh yeah, they're still little. Yeah, yeah, and they, but they, because we've raised them playing games and designing games. Uh, right, right. You know, it's just been, yeah, it's just kind of in our in our DNA now as to what we do all the time. But <laughs> but yeah, there are times where they're like, I want to play this this one simple boring game again, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to play this game. But okay, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. I'll be yeah. a good dad. Let's play. I mean, <laughs> it's quarantine. It's quarantine times. So you don't have a lot of options here, Jason. Right. It's true. It is very true. But uh, 
Yeah. So, yeah, this whole quarantine thing has been fun. It looked like we were getting out of it a little bit, at least in my state. Michigan was like best in the nation looking for like improvement. And then now we've been open for like two weeks and now things are just going back downhill again. So I don't know. Of course they are. You're in New Hampshire. I am in Massachusetts. Oh, Massachusetts. And New Hampshire. I'm in. I'm in both. My partner and I live in different states, so we split between the two. Oh, We've okay, been cool. group quarantining between and just going back and forth and having two houses, basically, so we can separate animals. Uh, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> My cats are evil. You know, uh, though, so having gonna... two houses, one of the brilliant things about that is just being able to see a different view. Um, oh my gosh. I have to imagine yeah. the kids probably appreciate that as well. Not having yes. to see the same thing all the time. I know my kids yes. would appreciate that. <laughs> yes, we have definitely taken advantage of the whole two states, two houses thing. We don't, we haven't gone anywhere since the very beginning of March. Everything's been like delivery groceries and food. So yep, yep. yeah, other than hiking, we've gone on some socially distanced hikes. Yeah, us other, too. I've yeah. seen you're one of the other families that's done that. That's nice. It gets the kids out in nature, you know, and, uh, and you as well, right? Right. Oh, we usually hike a lot, but, you know, trails are busy now because everything is closed. So, <laughs> right, right. Less hiking than usual, but still some. Right. That's good. Right. Yeah. We had, we had went to a, uh, we had went to a place a friend recommended. They said, Oh, try this place out. It's supposed to be really cool. And we got there and realized it was a paved path, uh, which is great for accessibility. Um, it is, yes. But it also is great for strollers, which in general I would be all about. Oh, um, yeah. But in this case, it just meant that it was packed. <laughs> because, right. Um, it was packed because it just was a great place for people to bring their kids. And, you know, like, and we we parked in the parking lot and I saw the way the people were allowing the kids to just like, literally run around and run up to random people and stuff and my wife was like we're we're not doing this and i was like no we're not so luckily a few miles down the road we found a really amazing trail system that's like spread out and small and you can take these little trails and like we brought our masks in case we ran into people and it happened like once so oh that's good yeah yeah yeah. i've seen you guys hike with your masks as well which is you know yeah we hike with them on usually oh do you actually wearing them while you're hiking we do just in case two of us are immunocompromised. So just that as a, a signal, if, yes. if nothing else, it signifies for other people generally to stay a little bit away from us. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. They can assume whatever, that you are immunocompromised or that maybe you're just, you know, a carrier, right? Either way. Exactly. It seems that, to help yeah. with the whole stay back people. Uh, but we generally hike with them on. We didn't the other day. We hiked with them off most of the time until we encountered people we could see other people well before they got right, to us but right. yep. that was the first time we've hiked without having them on the whole time and mm-hmm. that i forgot that i missed that because they definitely impact our uh, i have asthma and they definitely <laughs> when you're climbing a mountain <laughs> right right yeah it can make that a little bit worse but they're still worth it so. yeah certainly I, it's funny i put a mask on and i don't realize that it bothers me until like i get out of a store or out of wherever i am that i had to wear it and i'm like oh wow like this is different like i feel yeah. the difference <laughs> i mean i can breathe fine but like it is just it's not comfortable for sure but no but they're worth it oh, i mean they're absolutely um, yes it's a lot better than the alternative so right in michigan we, up, we've, stay safe we've had a lot of protests about not wanting to wear masks people yeah. are big whiny babies about it and i don't understand it but yeah um 
Yes. They protested without masks to protest that with machine guns because those go together. Masks, <laughs> masks no do. masks and machine guns because you protect yourself in one way, but not another. <laughs> not the other. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. People are great. People are fun. They yeah. Are. <laughs> I felt like I was actually over this like annoyance with people with this. And then I saw the numbers start to go back up. And I'm like, nope, nope. Still yep. really pissed at people all the time. They're actually declining really well here in Massachusetts and in New Hampshire. So I good, appreciate good. that. Yeah. Um, I am happy for you. Ours, ours are not terrible. It's just sad to see us going up again a little bit when we were doing so well. Because we locked down for like six weeks, I think, or longer. Yeah. Maybe, I think we actually made, no, it was longer than that. I think it was eight weeks and it made a huge difference, you know? Of course it does. So yeah, yeah. crazy thing, right? Yeah. But I also understand that that's hard for some people too, uh, with their jobs and stuff. We were very fortunate well, to yeah. have jobs we can do from home, uh, which yes. is, which is nice. Yeah. So, hey, uh, yeah, um, let's, so first before we, well, no, let's, um, let's just try to roll <laughs> into this here. Uh, it, um, yeah. So I was just thinking about different things. Uh, so you've got the two game, uh, summits, which are probably similar in some respects, I would say. So, um, uh, as a person who doesn't know, (laughs) I would say, uh, but so I wonder, could we, um, well, what do you want to talk about first? Would you rather talk about the game summits or or reunity games? Um, the game summits, we have more history there. Unity games has only happened once so far. Okay. It's still our newest. That's our baby. So you, so yeah, so I didn't understand which one you actually wanted to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's go with Granite Game Summit. Granite Game sure. Summit is the core of our company. So the right, company right, right. is the Game Summits now, but Granite Game Summit is happens generally in March, and uh-huh. it is it has been, I should say, three days long. The next one will be four days long, but you know, the future is gray right now on, as to when that could be. We've already prepaid for 2021, but we're clearly going to have to push it back a bit. <laughs> right, right, right. At least and later into the year. I have to imagine but, places have been decent about that. I know with my personal things, like in travel, places have been pretty understanding about that. Hopefully, um, yeah. places where you're actually booking events will also be that way. Hopefully. So we've just held out on like locking in the, the dates for Stumptown and for... Reunity. We just had to cancel Reunity for this year, obviously, because it was scheduled to be in September, and we are definitely not in a place that that is realistic. So (laughs) that one had to be pushed back. Um, But we are just not picking our dates for Stumptown just yet. We're holding out just to make it easier. Stumptown's still relatively new as well. But yeah, Granite Games Summit came to be from a one-day event. It was just the three of us, which my two business partners, Mike and Kevin, uh, we didn't know each other other than online, really. So we are Twitter friends. Kevin and I met briefly at BGGCon. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the airport on the way home from BGGCon, not even (laughs) at the event. At like five o'clock in the morning on the shuttle bus ride to the airport. And we realized that we lived within an hour of each other and followed each other on Twitter then. And then Mike and I had followed each other on Twitter for a little while, but we had never met, even though we have a bunch of friends in common and a lot of crossover. And we only live like 20 minutes apart, but we just, yeah, hadn't. Sometimes that happens, right? Yeah. And it just all started from a series of tweets and then it turned into a, let's see if we can host a one day gaming convention. Very and cool. see how that goes. And that sold out and doubled 
before it sold out a week before the event. We doubled the space, sold out again. Wow. And then had another one six months later and then decided to go. We had another one day six months later, which sold out again and then decided to go big and go for a three day. That's fantastic. Yeah. And we've been building since then. That is very cool. And so is the convention focused on just on gameplay? Like just as like we're sitting down and playing games, do you have any vendors or anything like that? So we are an open tabletop based convention. It's it's the basis is playing games together with people in the community. We have a designer alley track, which brings in regional designers. You get awesome. to play games with them two hours. We interview them. We feature them on the blog. And that always goes well. We do have a vendor now, one friendly local game store. Oh, who very cool. sets up. Yeah. And this year we sold our own merchandise beyond our yearly t-shirt for the first time which actually went really well oh, that's cool. and i sold some of my custom t-shirts and kevin one of the other organizers did as well yeah the um the friendly local game store is a great thing i know i've seen some other smaller cons start with that right where you get yeah. just a local game store in because uh people can you know they can buy stuff uh but also they um you know it's Sometimes it's like, hey, like I, we want to play this game. Oh, look, it's available. <laughs> like we could just buy it right now and play it. Um, so it goes, it pairs really well with play to win, and yes. with the designers who are showing games. Those games, anything that is in the play to win, and anything that has been shown by a designer and designer alley sells like crazy. Yes, I bet. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. And that's yeah, that's good for the local game store as well. Then too, I mean, they love it. Oh yeah, they they do very well. They do very. Uh, we have, oh my gosh, I should know how many attend people we have. We sell out. Uh, five hundred and seventy-five, I think, is what we cap at. Nice. So it's just the right size. <laughs> and yeah, those those the small conventions like that. You know, I um I go to Grand Con every year, which is in Grand Rapids, Michigan, yes. which has been canceled yeah. this year, of course. Of course, um, yeah. But that is usually a few thousand people, and uh, yeah. they have vendors and such. But it's it's one big room, like it's just one big, one, like yeah. Yeah, like yeah. an ice rink style room. It may actually even be an ice rink. I'm not sure. No, it's got a concrete floor, but um, it's like a big room like that. And uh, okay. it's yeah, and it's great because you know you can always find the people you're looking for. There's open gaming. There's it's easy to walk around and look at the vendors, but it's also easy to get some food or sit down and play a game. You know, and it's just. There's just mm-hmm. something about conventions of that size that just are so perfect, you know? I'm a fan of the small convention, but I'm an introvert and right. crowds definitely stress me out. Uh, but yeah, small is great for me. I think a thousand is probably about where my comfort tops out usually mm-hmm. and then I mm-hmm. get a little uneasy. And so that is our hard end max. Like we don't even really want to push past this. 575 is perfect. Oh yeah. It's so good. So, it's so pure and good and everybody's great and it's so good. For your personal life though, do you like, do you go to Gen Con or Origins or anything no. like that? Oh no, you don't. So despite what I said before uh, the podcast started, because uh, we've never met in person, we no. very well may have never been in the same room then because... Yeah. I have Origins. Okay, Origins have, okay. is my largest. I have gone to Origins a couple of times. Origins is too big for my comfort, but I have been. Right. The nice, the nice thing I would say about Origins is it is pretty spread out with like table space and such. So yeah. like, whereas Gen Con, like just trying to find a, a place to sit is like 
freaking impossible. You know, like I just need to sit down and take a break. Like, good luck with that. Um, So if you you ever decide to go to Gen Con, like if you ever somehow miraculously, like I'm going to do it, right? This is my pro tip for you and for any other introverts that want to go to Gen Con. (laughs) The attached hotels are a great place to hide and take a breather. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of them and you can just kind of walk across to one. Uh, Some of them, there's just tons of different places to sit and stuff. And some of them are like hidden in the back and people don't realize they're there. So that's that's my go-to because I'm not... I'm not an introvert per se, but I do have anxiety and uh, I've come yeah, to learn over the years that, yeah, it can be really difficult um, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just too much. Uh, that vendor hall is, it would be a terrifying place to you then. Yeah, it's. Oh, I would want to die. Um, yeah. yeah. Origins is very overwhelming for right. me. So Gen Con would be like, just oh, carry yeah, me yeah, out, yeah. friends. Yeah. I, they, have the, <laughs> they have like the initial rush that happens when the game is open. Watched, oh, yeah. Uh, no, I. Oh. Can't do that. Like other people are, oh, I'm gonna get in and get myself. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not even gonna try. Like, I will wait. I will wait an hour and then I will go in. And frankly, you can wait about 15 minutes and the initial like pour in rush is done. Um, right. But it's yeah, it is overwhelming. Um, that's that I will miss it this year uh, being canceled. But it is overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, and the smaller conventions are certainly a convention where. I don't have to text you and say, Kimberly, where are you? Like, hey, right. you want to play a game? You're like, I'm doing yeah. something six miles away. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, you're on the other side of the room. Great. Let's Good go. Good luck there. finding me in right. these 75,000 people. Yeah, right. Good luck finding anything in the 75,000 people. But yes. so, so as we mentioned, a lot of these conventions have been canceled for this coming year or oh, we suspect early next yeah. year. Yeah. Do you see... Um, Granite uh, going to uh, any sort of online thing or is it really about getting together no. with people? Yeah, Granite Game Summit is definitely very get together with people. We're not going to attempt to have an online version of what we do by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, we are going to put out a little bit of content to help entertain people in the off season, but it will not in any way, shape or form be an online convention. No, ours is very tabletop focused. It's gather around the table. This is what we do. We don't have a big vendor hall. It's just games. It's a lot of like heavier games, 18xx games that happen. We have a bunch of quiet breakout spaces. There's there's like a private club floor upstairs and we have our food trucks. It's just, it's very relaxing and chill. There are halls with comfy furniture that are set up. It's just the quiet, the quiet, like go and charge your phone and relax stations. You can eat your Those food. Are yes. Those are the best. Yeah. <laughs> Here's outlets. Charge your phone. Enjoy yourself. Relax. Recuperate. Mm-hmm. Get Catch your breath. And then there are some tables that are outside of one of the smaller ballrooms that are also for, but they're for actual quiet gaming, not just quiet space. Right, right which is also a very necessary thing for people like myself. Um, this is this is genius, though. A can, like, I didn't even plan it because I didn't know this. You're planning to talk <laughs> about this. But, you know, you're designing a convention around being an introvert and being yeah. conscious of other introverts. And so that's awesome, first of all. <laughs> like, in general, <laughs> that's super cool. I mean, like, Gen Con has, like, a quiet room. But, you know, with 75,000 people, right. uh, there's a limit on how many people can go to the quiet room at any given time. <laughs> Yes. So no, that is that is really fantastic. Oh. Um, Can that, you hear the dog trying to bark to get into the room? <laughs> it's like, 
to be in. He's trying podcast. to push the door open and it's not working. Oh, Kelso. <laughs> I want to be on the podcast. Yeah. Sorry about the barking, friends. No problem. Um, so yeah, so all right, so um, I, what about what about Stumptown Gain Summit? How did that come to be, and, and what's that? Um, and what that what does that look like? So T Kyra's, um, the one tar. T. Oh yes, and, yes, yes. Yeah. So T and I have been friends for a long time, and they have always wanted to start a convention in Portland. And once G two S became what it is T was very interested in that and I was there I spent the weekend with T and Steve and the doggies and um, (laughs) we just chatted and I was trying to walk them through starting their own kind of and it was like you know what just yeah let let me see we'll just do one here yeah (laughs) we'll just partner let me talk to the boys and see what they think and it was like a all right let's do it did we intend to start one in Portland Oregon no is it easy to run a convention from the other side of the country? Absolutely not. Is it <laughs> worth it? Yeah. So. <laughs> and what's the size of that one? Uh, oh, gosh. This was only our second. Uh, 350, 375. Still, though, like that. that's, you know, especially because I'm yeah. assuming your goal is about the same as, as yes. Granite is to not have anything huge. Just have nope. something fun where people can get together. Yeah. Just a few days of relaxed open tabletop gaming and a safe, welcoming, inclusive space. Like, yes, it's pretty simple. Yeah. That is, that is what we need more of for sure. Yes. That was literally the first thing that we did was decide if we would make a good team together. We sat, we met up and our first meeting was like, what is it that you would like to see at a convention? And what do you think are important bylaws, code of conduct things and if these don't match up, then we're just done here. Yep. <laughs> it was pretty much. So right. we came to the meeting with our like small lists each. List of and demands. We yeah. And we compared and they were very similar, which I was unsure with two men of how much the code of conduct and right, right. all of that would matter as much because they don't experience conventions in a similar fashion. Right, of course. But they both had it up there as key things, and we workshopped through it, and I reached out to other convention organizers and helped. That was our first thing we did. We built our code of conduct and then our game plan. (laughs) So That's, yeah, bravo for that. That's really important. I wish that more can... I, you know, so many conventions I feel like are like, oh, now we need a code of conduct. Let's throw that together, you know, when it's like, no, that has to be your core, right? Um, yes. I, I spend like 10% of my time online reaching out to other conventions and being like, hey, I see you don't have a code of conduct. Here's a good way to start doing that. If you're interested, here are people who are willing to help out. I know other convention runners who are really open to helping. Mm-hmm. Borrow from ours, but you also need to have an action plan as to how you're going to handle incidents if they actually occur. You can't just say, here's rules. Let's hope it goes well. Like there has to be a process that you'll go through. And yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, have you, um, so, so is it okay if I would love to talk about that just a little bit? Of Um, course. Since it turns out you have an expertise I didn't know about. So now I'm interested in this. Um, So with the um, with the code of conduct, code of conduct, I think most of our listeners probably know from previous discussions the type of things that we want to see in in a code of conduct like that. You know, right. obviously things around inclusivity, um, consent, right? The way you're treating yeah. other people in general, 
Um, what are what are the other big things that maybe I'm missing with that? So you can't allow any kind of hate speech, of which course. should be yeah. obvious, but it oddly is not. Um, nowadays, it's surprising how not obvious that seems to be, right? That Exactly, exactly. You can't allow any form of hatred in any way, shape, or form or discrimination. But also, it's important to say, we will not allow this. So we welcome people who are good to the table. We are not welcoming right. racist, transphobic, misogynistic. Right. <laughs> like, no, no, you're not welcome here. <laughs> like, right, right. Yes. Yeah. You have to set a line of this is what we want, but also this is what we will not tolerate. Yeah. You know, when I, uh, that, what that reminds me of was a conversation I had offline with somebody recently about origins and their tagline is right. something like a table for every gamer. And, and the person had said yeah, to me, like, this is really like, what does that mean? Right? What does that mean? Because I, and I had actually the same exact gut reaction as mm-hmm. as a white dude, like who's very privileged. I had the exact same um, reaction of like, oh my gosh, like what is what does that mean? Like, because I automatically pictured the people that you're attempting to not allow to sit at the table, right? Because they're being exactly. terrible. Those are the that that sounded like a statement crafted by people who feel that way. Um, it it absolutely gives them so, empowerment and it pushes away people who are going to fall in the fray. You right. are not going to get a good, solid, diverse, healthy group of people that right. will absolutely help empower <laughs> mediocre humans. But yeah. no, I, I uh, gosh, it's. It, you know, I hear a lot about that and a lot of friends that I've disassociated myself with in the last few months for obvious <laughs> reasons, right, yeah. um, mm-hmm. where where I've gotten called on not being tolerant. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You don't understand what tolerance is, first of all. Yes. Like, tolerance is is being okay with things that maybe I don't understand uh, and other right. views people have that aren't hurting anyone else and that are, you know, for them and for equality and for equity and things like that. You know, tolerance is not me listening to you you know, say negative things about people or belittle them like that. I, no, exactly. I, don't, I don't have to listen to that. And, um, and I will not tolerate that as it turns out. Good for um, you. Yeah. Right. As I hope more and more people continue to not tolerate that crap because Same. we need that. Right. Exactly. So we need more. So what, um, so the, the other thing I'm curious about is because I know this is a big thing, right? A, a code of conduct can very easily become hollow words, right? We say oh, yeah. this beautiful yeah. thing, but we're not going to do anything about it, right? And we've exactly. seen that with multiple conventions. Um, some of the big ones have had issues with that. Um, I'm so, sure all of them have. Yeah. Well, yeah. sorry, yes. Some of them have had them publicly. <laughs> yes. I'm sure they all have. Yes. Yes. Um, but I'm curious, you know, um, I'm curious do you um like what for your action plan like what is that mm-hmm. like, what can you tell me about that and how that works so we have a fairly large volunteer squad and they are in their volunteer t-shirts they say volunteer across the back they're brightly colored they're easy to find and we have locations that you can always find a volunteer or an organizer at and that is all very well marked we have a lot of signs mm-hmm. we have screens that direct people to things And then there's an escalation policy if there's an issue. So it depends on what type of an issue it is, because the most often things are like, I can't find my game. Right, right. You're kicked out. Really, really like 95% of anything that ever comes to us is, I can't find my game. I think I was on this table. Now I don't see it. That is 95% of what. But we need an escalation for. And then we just have runners. That's a good problem to have, right? (laughs) That's most of the problems, right? 
The other ones go to depending on what the issue is, but I am the person that people will speak to if there's any kind of, they don't feel safe, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Come, okay, they will come to me, and we have a person who we do not publicly name who um, <laughs> it, it has volunteered to be a mediator if need be. They are trained in Fantastic. well-being. They are... Uh, yeah, and have not had to actually use them yet, but we have that person on staff in there, and they are, yeah, just not openly labeled so that they can be in, in the room face and not have to deal with right, anything right. unless absolutely necessary. They're like a, they're like a personal shopper or the plain kind of, security. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, a little bit, but I, no, I applaud that. I mean, that's, you know, the fact that you have that before you've needed it, and first right. of all, the fact you haven't needed it is awesome. It's even no, awesomer haven't. that you have that person at the ready just yes. in case, you know, that yes. is, that's, yeah. I mean, that shows that you're able to take immediate action and get things taken care of. And, uh, yeah. and I'm assuming that, you know, if somebody is doing something inappropriate, uh, depending on the level of inappropriateness that after being talked to, they would be kicked out or banned if they were not, de- maybe immediately, depending on what it was, but assuming it, would be it immediate. was, yeah, yeah. I meant if it was a misunderstanding, like I, you, you, oh. you depending well, we would, on the yes. infraction, right? Level. Of so there is a process of talking to the individual uh, and the person who reported them. Uh, and, you know, obviously we have to have both sides of a story or all five sides of a story. It may not just be two people. Right? At a convention, right. be, very likely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be presumptuous in that. Uh, <laughs> but thankfully, I believe that our living code of conduct and the way that we promote the importance of it ahead of the event helped weed out the people who right. would be more likely to be an issue. Right. We don't tolerate heavy drinking. Um, you can have a beer and play a game. You can't be drunk and in a public space. That'll get you kicked out. Right. And that really drunkenness is like the number one excuse people give, right? Oh, right. Oh, sorry. I drank too much and I was too right. much. Oh, I drank too much. I didn't mean to grab her butt. Oh, gosh. Right. That that kind of thing. I mean, that's an unfortunate that actually happened to me at a convention. A drunk guy cornered me and grabbed my, my butt by the elevator. <laughs> Not at my convention, at right. another one. Right. <laughs> And that was his, his excuse was he was drunk. Uh, so no, we just don't, we have a, you can't do that. Uh, It just, it amazes me that like the people attempt to give that excuse because like it, it's like, imagine giving that excuse for like, I'm sorry that I robbed the store. I was drunk. (laughs) I had two whiskeys. Yeah. I couldn't control myself. Yes. Yeah, I mean, oh gosh. Anyways, I know mm-hmm. that I'm preaching to the choir here, but oh, this kind of oh, stuff no, just infuriates it matters. Me. It matters because people need to hear it as a right. topic as well. Right. Right. So people who listen to the show, that's good. But yeah, we have our code of conduct is living. It gets reevaluated a couple times a year. We bring in other people to evaluate a more diverse panel than ourselves to help out. Right, right. When we are reaching out to other voices, it is not more white men. No offense. Right. Nope, nope. <laughs> But we've got you covered. Yeah, no, and that's good. Yeah, I know we, that's something that we struggled with with our podcast, right? You know, in the beginning, it was myself and Rob for for seven years, we did the podcast together and we're just two white guys from the Midwest and we we educate ourselves, right? 
Um, and we do the best to see other people's perspectives, but it's also, there are things we will never fully understand. Right. And so when I, exactly. when Rob left and I re kind of recast the show, I guess that makes it sound like a thing. I, I purposely added, <laughs> uh, only one other white guy <laughs> and then added, uh, Nicole Amato and Julio Nasario as the yeah. other co-host. And, you know, and they bring their own unique perspectives. And then I've been trying really hard to have as many diverse guests as possible, especially, uh, in these times of making sure that we're we're covering, you know, everybody is is getting a chance to uh, to teach us things, right? Um, yeah, and and to be flexible, right? Because like this was not planned. I did not have you on to talk about this. I was like, oh, no. Kimberly seems cool. <laughs> like we have a lot of the same friends. Let's have her on to talk about what she's doing with these conventions and. Uh, and this has been fantastic that we've been able to chat about this uh, in this way. This is very, very different than what I expected, and I, I'm I'm happy well, about it. Uh, that is the basis of our convention. So that is our biggest. It's the thing that we spend the most time and energy on around planning is ways to make things more welcoming, more safe, awesome. more productive, more inclusive, more diverse. I mean... The convention takes place in New Hampshire, which many may not know is an incredibly white state. <laughs> First, I thought you were going to say many may not know it's incredibly diverse because no. I just assumed a place called New Hampshire is incredibly white. So, so um, white. It is so white. I don't know if people know this. It is ridiculously so, white. Yes. And the board gaming community around here is predominantly white male, just like it is in most of the U.S., but we managed to have one of the most diverse conventions I've ever attended in our incredibly white state. That's so awesome. That's, that, is <laughs> that makes me feel like of. we're yeah. doing something right. There was every time we host something, we get a bunch of emails afterwards that thank us for feeling safe and welcomed. And I'll run into other people at larger shows and they will come over and say, thank you so much. It's the first time I felt, I mean, I ran into a woman at another convention who has come to ours for the last two years. And she said, ours is the only convention she feels safe at not being with her husband. Wow. Wow. That she goes to small and large. And I was like, that's beautiful. (laughs) She stays up after him. She plays until late at night and she feels safe doing so. And that makes it all worth it. Right there. Absolutely. That is beautiful in one instance and then incredibly sad in another, right? That like, yeah. That, but yeah. but I'm so thankful that you were able to do this. And so you mentioned that you do reach out to other conventions. So I'm just going to throw it out we here do. that if, if yeah. you are hosting a small con or a larger yeah. con and you listen to the show or you know a con that needs some help, uh, feel free to tweet uh, at Kimberly, uh, which is at KJ Revia, uh, K-J-R-E-V-I-A. Um, and, uh, yeah, message her because, uh, more conventions need to be taking this seriously. And I know we're, I know that we are on the upswing with that. It is becoming Absolutely. a thing. Um, but it's becoming more discussed like this right? and people right. realize its value. Right. No. And I, um, you know, I knew that it was a lot of work to, to work on something like this, but I mean, the fact that you all are putting this so much into, you know, reinventing it to constantly keep it, uh, evolving into something even better, um, that's, yeah, that is, that's a really, that's a really good thing. Uh, we need more of that for sure. We learn from the greats like Geekway and OrcaCon. Uh, are, are those both, I've not been to either of those. Are those both really good at being inclusive and welcoming? They are. They have very good code of conducts. They're constantly adjusting and learning and they do a great job. Where's OrcaCon at? OrcaCon is in Bellevue, Washington. So okay, Seattle-ish. Okay. It's just east of Seattle. 
Right, right. Okay. I knew, I guess, yeah, I should have guessed that based on it being called OrcaCon. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And obviously Geekway is in St. Louis. Geekway is in St. Louis. I should have been in Geekway a couple weeks ago, but, you know, COVID. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know. I Corona time. Cons- right. I had considered going, like adding it to my schedule this year. Yeah. I was... Uh, I've been doing a, a lot more on the professional side of game design, trying to get more and more published, and I've had more time because I'm self-employed now. And uh, and so this year, I was like, "This is my big year. I'm going to hit up some extra conventions. I'm going to go to. Uh, I was going to go to PAX Unplugged. I was going to be great. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah, no, not so much. So about that, Jason? No. <laughs> yeah, right. About that. <laughs> nope. Not going to happen. About those plans? Actually, so, probably not. Right. It's, it turns out, though, not so bad. It saved a ton of money. And, True. Uh, yeah. and because everything got canceled, a lot of publishers have actually been really willing to just hear pitches online and stuff like that that they normally yeah, wouldn't be good. as open to. So it's, you know, everything has to evolve, right? I mean, that's the big thing. Absolutely. We all have to evolve and change. And But no, next time you all host the uh, the Granite Game Summit, actually, in per- <laughs> well, in per- next time you host it, 2022 maybe, yes. uh, if if possible, I want to get out there to check it out um, because it sounds awesome. It's a, it's a good little convention. It is. It would be my favorite even if I didn't own it. Really, right, truly. Right. You'd be one of the people <laughs> telling the, the hosts, right? Like, thank you so much for doing this convention. Oh, absolutely. It is. Have you ever been to BGGCon? I have not. Uh, that's one that yeah. I've, that was on my list. It was kind of like, would I go to PAX Unplugged or would I go to BGGCon? Um, yeah. Trying to decide that uh, this year. Makes sense. It is a similar style. A lot of it was inspired by BGGCon. Um, similar style convention, but a lot more welcoming and safe. BGGCon is does decently well for the size of the convention it is, but like a well-known harasser was in the bar. Right. And you I, know. They did they, hear about that, yes. Yeah, they do have a very good handling situations policy in place. They do actually care and they will hear things and deal with it on the spot. Whereas a lot of conventions are like, talk to us when the show's done, which... Oh, yeah, right, right. Talk to us when we're not busy, when your problem's not there anymore. Oh, nice, thanks. Yeah, it's so much harder to do anything about it then. Uh, It's like when you call the fire department to report a fire and they say, listen, we get some other fire. We're having a fire convention (laughs) right now. So, like, if you just call us back next week, we can come right over. Exactly. So I I will give BGGCon a lot of credit there. They do deal with things on the spot. It's just that they haven't in the past been quite cracked down enough for everyone to feel safe, which is unfortunate. That is, that is. Well, there's room to improve, right? Exactly. Oh, and for all of us, we change stuff literally show to show. We we try new things. We're trying to be more eco-friendly. So we did a lot of work on that end this year, which was a lot of our back end work we did pre-show, which was interesting, good, worth it. We were very excited about the changes we were able to make, but very cool. It's not the easiest thing to implement, but it's just little things like adding an option to add pronouns to your badge. Yes. Yep. Yep. And then we posted it and somebody said, what about neo pronouns? And we, and the three of us literally like somebody tagged us in a tweet. Now that none of us were particularly certain exactly what neo pronouns were. So the first thing we did was educate ourselves and then go over to our event, right? Yep. And change it within 20 minutes of the request. It was updated. Wow. And we, and we were reading about it and having a, an impromptu right. meeting about, it was right. like, okay. 
<laughs> so what is this? Let's allow that. Here's why it's important. And I reached out to the person who had mentioned it and said, if you'd like to give us any extra input, we would absolutely value it. And we're here for suggestions. Please give them to us. And that's awesome. That seemed to work out well. So we try to do those. It's those little attention to detail things that make people feel safer. Absolutely. And they, you know, a big, the biggest thing is people want to feel heard, right? People want to feel exactly. heard and seen. That is a big mm-hmm. deal. Um, and that something like that goes a long ways towards that. And it, it helps the people feel seen who didn't request it, right? Because they right. were afraid to. Right. We accidentally had it set so that you had to put your pronoun literally like the first two minutes of sales. And one of my friends messaged me right away and he was like, hey, it's requiring a pronoun. I'm cool with that, but that's not cool for everyone. And I was like, oh, my goodness, it's supposed to be a drop down screen. And just a toggle got flipped before it published. So (laughs) it was like a two second fix at ticket launch. But (laughs) but we felt really guilty that they were like, because people buy tickets as soon as they launch. Right. So the first 50 tickets or whatever that were purchased were required to list a pronoun. So then we send out an email to those people and we're like, if you'd like us to remove the pronoun field from your thing, please reach out and let us know. Right. Right. It was a glitch in the system. We're so sorry. Like, <laughs> you know, way to fix it right away though. That's good. Yeah. We, we dedicate that time when everything goes live to just dealing with any potential issues that can go wrong. Right. So, uh, hey, real quick here, um, I would like you to be able to tell me about Reunity Games before we run out of time. Okay. Uh, Okay. So, yes. So, Reunity Games was inspired by a former convention that that was a one-day thing called Unity Games. And a couple of the former organizers reached out to us about basically bringing it back, but under our company. Um, And... At first, we were hesitant because <laughs> it's in Massachusetts. We're in New Hampshire. We're literally stealing our own audience. It's within an hour of each other. Right, right. You're, I mean, there's potential to to steal your, your own attendees there, but we do them about six months apart now. And it went well. Um, it's just a one-day event. The money goes to charity. We sold T-shirts. The money went to charity. Every year, it'll be a different charity. So it's just a one-day awesome. charity awesome. open board gaming convention, basically. That's fantastic. Yeah. So that one, yeah, that I'm assuming maybe a little easier to plan since it's only one day. <laughs> maybe. Yes. Maybe not. No, it, it definitely is. We don't have all of the designer alley play to win. Okay, right, right. Raffle-y type stuff. I'm going to sneeze. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Allergy season. Uh, Yeah, no, Reunity is much easier. We don't need to roll in and out our entire library. People bring games and share them. We provide you the space, the guidance to do well. You still have the same code of conduct. It's just adjusted for the event. Right. Still environmentally conscious. We don't get to have food trucks, unfortunately. At least not yet, but because it's at a different venue, but you know. Right, right. Awesome. <laughs> Slowly well, that, but surely, yeah. That also sounds interesting. So with the time we have left, uh, mm-hmm. I was curious if you would be willing to... Um, so a lot of times uh, for people listening to the show, we, we, have, um, uh, we have the designer uh, who's a guest pitch a game. Uh, but as you do not design in general, correct? 
Correct. Uh, I uh, thought what we would have you do is uh, you do play a lot of games. Um, yes. And so, and I noticed even there's a pinned tweet uh, on your Twitter that says, tell me your favorite two player game, um, which is one of the things that made me think about this. So that makes me. Oh, no, is that still pinned? <laughs> that was point. for a Granite Game Summit thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I saw it at one point. I know I saw it more than once. Um, yes. So, yeah. I believe that. Um, but anyways, uh, I would love it if you would kind of describe to me what your ideal game would be like. Like if you okay. could go to a designer of your choice and say, this is the game I want to play and they would give it to you. What would that game look like? I really like winsome games and I don't know if many people are familiar with that, but winsome games are generally economic-y train type games with a small rule set. So they are easy mm-hmm. to learn, but large decision space in a small package, pretty much. So any train game that can be learned in under 20 minutes is perfect for me. Anything that's heavy economic train game, that is my ideal game because I can also play that with my 11-year-old, my 15-year-old, my partner, or friends. Like I like games that are heavy, but nobody's going to die during the rules explanation. Right, right. That is, yeah, that is key, right? The yes. the games where I always, um, I always kind of use my basis for: could I teach my kids? Could I teach my wife? Could I teach my mom? And those are kind of yeah. my different levels of like, because they all have, you know, my wife started out as that one who I didn't want to try and explain anything too heavy to her, but she's played so many games now, right, and gotten way more right. into it that now in a week she will trust me when I bring a game, and I'm like, this seems heavier, but I, you're gonna like it. She's like, okay, great. Um, you know, my kids, there's only so much they can understand because the oldest one is eight. Um, and then my mom, like, has spent a life playing, like, um, like classic card games and such. Oh, well, um, good so, card games, though. What'd you say? I said I love good card games, yeah. Yes, no, me too. And so, and I credit her with the reason that I design mostly card games because I grew up playing all those games. <laughs> um, and I lean towards those simpler rules. So, like... When I look at like the mechanics of a game like that, I think, could I teach her how to play it? And she's kind of like my like non-hobby gamer. <laughs> so like if I could teach yeah. her how to play it, then I know the rules are simple enough that um and I mean that in a kind way, not like, oh, she needs some no, rules. No, no. You know what I mean? But like yes, but yes. you know, like you're saying, you know, you start to explain rules and you see people's eyes glaze over and you're like, ah. Oh, mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So basically anything that can give me an eighteen XX feel, but I can convince my kids to also play it. They have the attention span to mm-hmm. play a two-hour game. They do not have the attention span to listen to a rules explanation for 45 minutes and then right. still have follow-up questions as they go along. Yeah. That's, where I, that's where I lose them. So my ideal game generally is more that winsome style like Paris Connection, Irish Gage, Chicago Express, that kind of thing. And is, is the, the train theme, is that your, is that, is that your favorite idea for that or is that just because the the train games tend to fit that category for you i think for me it's predominantly economic really that i like i really like the economic aspect that you get in 18xx and train games because tula bubble is also one of my favorite games um yeah i think that trains fit that well i like route building definitely but really for me it's the heavy economic so anything that you can build if you want to make it about like getting puppies adopted, amazing. But nice. <laughs> realistically, what fits that generally is trains. What about like puppies that ride the rails? 
I'm in hundred percent. Let's get Travis Hill to design <laughs> that today. I would, I would play that game too. Yeah. That's a, it sounds yeah. like fun. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't Travis Hill's new game is great. West coast, best coast, whatever he's calling it now is nice, wonderful. Nice. And it's very Winston style. Very cool. We'll get him to add puppies. Well, hey, thank you again for coming on the show and having such a great conversation. And so much of it, like I said, was unexpected. I, I really appreciated that. <laughs> thank you for having me. Not, not the great conversation, to be clear, but the topic that we ended <laughs> up on was very different than I thought. And uh, that was great. Um, is there anything you want to plug while you're on the show? Anything out there you want to... Well, let's see. Other than Granite I mean, Game Summit, Sometown Game Summit, and Reunity Games? Yeah, I mean... Don't worry about conventions right now. Let's deal right, right, with right. some <laughs> social injustices. Let's get, go out there, educate yourselves, read, yes. watch, listen to music, whatever it is that inspires you to feel and hear somebody else's oppression and learn how to do better and how you can help make systematic changes. As a humanities yes. teacher, I cannot preach that enough. Please, please take the time to educate yourselves right. in something follow good readers if you need to learn it through reading like sci-fi type books pick up an nk jemison book pick up octavia e butler like read yes yes <laughs> watch 13th on netflix like just go out there yes do that. That, that, enough. That, that needs to be a focus right now i think more than anything else where you please wear a mask and right, please take right. the time to educate yourself and don't harass people at conventions because apparently that's a thing we still need to keep saying. We do. And definitely don't do it at Kimberly's convention because oh, no, yeah. you'll, you'll be, be out. out on your butt real quick. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have a no tolerance policy. You will be out. As it should be. Yeah. Well, all right. If uh, builders, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at buildingthegamepodcast.com. You can email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on the Twitter at podcastbtg. I am at J.A. Slingerland. Kimberly is at KJ Revia. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and all those other lovely podcasting places. And until next time, good night. Good night. Thank you. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Dial 770-TEL-BTG. Please don't use the email.